0: That's when we identify upsell or expansion opportunities. Um, Mm -hmm. That's when we have feedback calls to figure out what they like, what they don't like, what they'd like to see in product. Um, But we're all about adoption at this moment. We're just too young um, otherwise. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. when they near towards like, you know, uh, the nine month mark of their contract, all contracts are typically 12 months for the average customer. When they Mm -hmm. near it, the nine month mark of the contract, that's when we start to have those renewal conversations.
1: Hey, welcome to the Engage podcast. It's a weekly interview style podcast series. We will pick the brains of some of the best customer success leaders across the globe and try to unearth customer engagement beyond onboarding, expansion, and churn. So let's get right in. Hey, greetings, everybody. We've got Stephanie from Goldcast. It's one of the growing, leading uh, live streaming uh, mid-market uh, SaaS platforms serving uh, serving in a base out of U.S. And we've got uh, their customer success leader right in front of us. Thank you very much, Stephanie, for joining us today and taking the time. Uh, we welcome you.
0: Of course. No, thank you so much for having me. I'm really, really excited to be here and to chat everything customer success with you today.
1: Great, 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 great. So let's start with, you know, instead I give you an introduction because we've done a lot of research on you. Why not you just go ahead and tell us our people, what are your key, uh, you know, uh, motivation joining Goldcast and what is your, uh, what is that you're heading up to? What are you looking for? Please go ahead.
0: Yeah, 100%. So I am the head of customer success uh, and support over here at Goldcast. So I actually run two different departments. Um, I joined Goldcast in January of 2021. I actually was the first uh, non-engineering full-time hire to join the team. So when I joined Goldcast, uh, we are a virtual and hybrid event platform, um, and they just needed someone to come in and to be their one-woman customer success and customer support department. Um, I'm sure anyone in the startup space knows exactly what that feels like when you're like, hey, Mm -hmm. you're going to join the team. We're now going to have you do 20 roles under the guise of this one. And honestly, Mm -hmm. I love that. I live for that. Um, So when they made the offer a little about 14 months ago, I I was ecstatic. I couldn't wait to say yes to join this team. Um, Startup life has always been kind of my life ever Mm -hmm. since um, graduating college back in 2013. So i i love wearing multiple hats i love rolling up my sleeves doing the work and also thinking long-term goals as well so goldcast uh really checked all of the boxes and because they are a virtual and a hybrid event platform it also really fulfilled another love of mine which was planning events which i do through startup boston so it was really Mm -hmm. i felt like this role was just created for me um Mm And that's really how I ended up here as a little bit of a backstory. I get very excited when I talk about that's it. That's interesting, <laughs> that's
1: interesting. And tell me one, uh, one, one more thing on that because we, we, we came across uh, you know, platforms like StreamYard and you know, during this, the past span yeah. of two years when COVID hit and they got a you know, huge amount of elevation. So how does uh, you know, Goldcast, you know, how do you separate Goldcast in terms of proposition on what is their unique proposition?
0: Yeah, definitely. So we can actually collaborate with StreamYard within our platform. So StreamYard is really good, for example, at streaming. um, You know, you're doing a an event here and you want to stream it to four or five different platforms, StreamYard is great for that. That is not what GoldCast currently does. GoldCast currently has everything hosted in one platform. It's your all-in-one event experience, but we can take a stream from StreamYard actually and push it into the GoldCast platform as well. So there's definitely no competition there. Um, mm-hmm. I admire the StreamYard team. I, I actually interviewed at StreamYard before joining GoldCast, ironically. Mm-hmm. So. I'm nothing but blown away with, you know, the features uh, that they have built. And I thought it was wonderful, honestly, when Hopin um, acquired them. We now have some friendly competition, of course, um, but, you know, really on the Goldcast side of things, I think our main value prop is we really do create an experience for attendees where they don't have to click around in agenda. We really just push them from one session to the next. And we also provide attendees with, you know, different ways to interact with their audience members, other speakers, but really. We we also provide a, a very thorough bra- uh, breakdown on the data for every attendee that's at your event. So the GoldCast value prop is really like, hey, you know, you attended this conference. We are going to tell that organizer how many events that attendee attended, how much time they spent in each event, how they responded to different poll questions, what documents and links they clicked in the platform. So it's wow. really great for marketing and sales teams. Wow. Yeah, speaking of data, it's it definitely- yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> it blows it other people the data off the analytics,
1: Deep analytics part as well, because that, that's yeah. something that was missing uh, as far as I used uh, the platforms like StreamYard, many other, I don't recall the name because we've been doing webinars back mm-hmm. in Content Studio in 2017. So it, this was always a problem that we cannot measure. We cannot measure the activities and you know, interest of our attendees. So that's very important. So I, I appreciate you brought that up. Okay, so, and also how big is your customer facing team?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, we have uh, 12 people total between customer success and support, including myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so okay. I've grown a lot from the one woman show back in January 2021 to now we've been uh, very much in hyper growth mode for sure. Wonderful, wonderful. And you're leading
1: all the customer fading, facing teams as a CCO, like your role resonates with CCO uh, at, at this moment.
0: Yes, not a C-suite um, person quite yet, you know, shout out mm-hmm. to my CEO, maybe one day, mm-hmm. that would be great. Um, <laughs> but right now I am leading both uh, teams, uh, but my title is more so head of customer success, but there is no one else um, above mm-hmm. me, except for, of course, the founders, um, our CEO and the COO mm-hmm. that I report to.
1: Great, 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 great. So since uh, you've been uh, the one of the first uh, customer facing hire, is that is that is that true? Okay, so that
0: is, course, that is true.
1: Mm-hmm. So you've, you've been, uh, you know, inducing you into the team, give them a significant uh, leverage to build a team on top and take your opinions and your experience into account. So, how do you think, how do you explain as, as an experience building a CS team from core? So, that's going to be some, you know, some really, really uh, exciting experience because that's not easy for, for a platform as I see like Goldcast
0: yeah yeah no it, it definitely comes with its challenges but that is definitely why I took the role was because I was like mm-hmm. oh my goodness I gotta basically build these two departments out of nothing and I I live for that so mm-hmm. it, it has been a challenge I think the biggest challenge about really building out departments especially as a very very young company um mm-hmm. is you need to hire people for both the present and somewhat the future so you have to really mm-hmm. look at the role and be like hey I need you to do A, B, C, D, E, and F right now, but in eight months, I'm only going to need you to do like A and B. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. just really finding those people that can become more of like a chameleon, right? That they can fit Mm -hmm. into a lot of different roles, are excited about wearing a lot of different hats, but you know, Mm -hmm. they have the skill set to really own those, you know, two main, um, you know, skills in the future. Um, And that's really, really difficult to come by. Um, Mm -hmm. And I've honestly been very fortunate where i have hired a team of people who you know were hired in the beginning and are still here and sticking around wow. and excited to really help us build and have been through all of the adjustments um that can be very difficult um yeah, in terms is, of just starting especially yeah.
1: this customer facing talents is one of the hardest to retain for any tech business especially in these days because there is so much that they have to look around, uh, and uh, it's just not going to be always the technology on. But it's the culture and how you communicate, and how you put them in the right places to do the right thing what they are best at. So uh, just like you mentioned, to you know actually nurture their skill set uh, over time. It's not easy to do it in the first place, uh, but this is this is the right way to do it. So now dig in deep a little on your customer success. Uh, you know of course, you got to make it scalable, you got to make it strategic, you got to make it uh, data-driven as well. So what kind of steps did you take uh, back then, even till now, uh, that are scalable in terms of playbooks, in terms of what kind of data you import uh, for your customers, what kind of uh, uh, activities you guys track based on different events, and what is your mantra on on to making it a success?
0: Yeah, for sure. So, I will say this one probably isn't as scalable, but the thing that really does make our customer success organizations so successful and retain clients is because all of the CSMs on the team really do care about the customers that they're working with. Right mm-hmm. now, as I mentioned, you know we are a hybrid and virtual event app, and that is a very stressful environment for anyone planning an event. There are so many different moving parts that go into it, and I'm very fortunate that you know our CSMs here on the team really do care about making sure that each and every event a client does with us, whether it's their first event or 50th event, goes flawlessly. And the Mm -hmm. fact that they are willing to jump on calls, answer emails, sharing best practices and insights just to really make sure that it's a great experience for the client, while not Mm -hmm. always scalable because it does take some man hours to make that happen, um, I really think that that's what makes our organization so successful and also why a lot of clients then refer us to their colleagues as well. I think there's nothing more powerful than getting your customers who love you and then referring, you know, you to their network. And a lot of, you know, the, the customers we work from are from those referrals and word of mouth. So not as scalable, but definitely something, especially when you're a young startup and Mm -hmm. don't have, um, you know, the data necessarily to back it up in those first few months. Mm -hmm. Um, that's the most powerful way to grow an organization in my opinion.
1: Hundred percent agreement. 100, especially because I'm looking at your stack, I'm looking at your customers, and uh, you know the basically the kind of setup they would need. That would definitely need uh, people that can actually guide them through, whether uh, a guide or a beginner guide or training documents and a training center. Or it's, in most occasions, they would just go in on the call and just tell them, "Okay, this is our problem too. So let's let's together set it up and make this stress off your shoulder." So this is something very good. So do you do you also uh, monitor your uh, your customers' data? Uh, For for the customer success team to be able to, you know, uh, make some, you know, decisions based off data and interact with the customer. Of course, they'll have to eventually interact. So what kind of data is that? And how do you think uh, your customer success like CSM day to day would look like with that data?
0: Yeah, definitely. So from our side, we kind of aggregate all data using a tool called Catalyst. Um, in the beginning, of course, yeah, yeah. it was a good tool called a uh, Google Sheets. But once we mm-hmm. could afford to pay for a customer <laughs> success tool, um, we opted with Catalyst just to just uh, check the boxes for a lot of things we were looking for. And within Catalyst, the data points that we're really looking at are how many users are in each account, if they're doing, you know, events consistently. That could look like, you know, one a month or one a quarter, just depending mm-hmm. on the relationship with the client and what their event schedule is. We also look um, at their NPS score. We really are trying to push, you know, getting that feedback more and more from our clients. Um, there's mm-hmm. nothing better than kind of sending out those anonymous surveys, um, whether it's NPS or something else, mm-hmm. to really show you how they're feeling, um, whether it's about, you know, the handoff between sales mm-hmm. and customer success or how they feel about their CSM in general. We're mm-hmm. all a team here. I love my team, but we we need that feedback, Mm -hmm. um, or if it's just about their experience in the product to date. So I would definitely say, you know, user activity, number of events, NPS score are really the three things we're tracking right now. And Mm -hmm. again, all of that is in Catalyst. And when CSMs come online, most of their day is working out of Catalyst or being on those calls with customers to go through best practices.
1: wonderful. And that serves a purpose for bringing a dedicated CS tool like Catalyst. So I know yes. a lot of people from Catalyst and they're doing an exceptional job, especially uh, in the mid-market space uh, where, where you land too. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I also observed, uh, you know, while, while, you know, setting up this document, my team had a different uh, notes and I added some uh, notes into it. So is that right that you have more of the enterprise sector as, as your customer base?
0: Yes, it is right now. Um... At some point in the future that may change, but for the time Mm -hmm. being, everything I would say we're doing is enterprise focused.
1: Okay, great, great. So that must be a high touch model, is it right?
0: It, it is, it's very high touch. Um, they're very, you know, large customer contracts depending on company size, how many events they wanna do on our platform and such of course. Um, but we do, we provide very high touch points for them. But honestly, I think even if our model changes in the future, we're still mm-hmm. going to do that because exactly. as a former and current event planner in my free time, mm-hmm. I need a team that's going to always be there to support me, even if I'm on like the free version of it so i don't think that's ever going to go away
1: big pain big 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 pain yeah uh you know i have have a really big team and i was just in the morning uh, on saturday we planned uh an an event and you know we were trying to get together and you know i I had some new uh, team members join a few days back and i want everybody to get you know personally connect with them outside of work and you know they can, you know, make make themselves feel like home, and uh, then they will just come on next day refreshed and see. Okay, these people care for me, so I'm I'm more of a people guy. So I, it's a big pain for me. I'm still thinking like two days, two days <laughs> left, but I'm just still thinking that we need to make sure that it's worthwhile for them. And yeah. there's so many parts, and uh, you know, I, I love that. I love that the way they have induced you having the background in the events and interest in the events, and that might be one of the reasons they have, uh, they've they've. They've made a decision on someone like you so i appreciate that uh that notion they had in, in the first place so now uh when it's really high touch can you just uh, explain briefly about your customer journey let's say take on five cases just give us a, a journey like starting from the sales rep or uh, maybe it can be a same customer success oh, sorry customer support person uh, and uh, they shared the goals and you know their requirements and their challenges and then they that comes the onboarding can you just move us along so a lot of people yeah Yeah, for sure.
0: So because we are a small company, I do try to keep this very simple um, across Mm -hmm. all teams. Maybe one day it won't be, but right now I'm a huge fan of, let's keep it simple and to the point. That way I think it's just a better experience for everyone. So Mm -hmm. when a deal is closed by sales, sales passes it over to our onboarding team. Um, We then set up a 15 minute, you know, pass off call between sales and CS. Mm -hmm. That way, if there's anything Mm -hmm. not in the contract um, that we should know about background to date, we can review that. We do have a agenda that the CS call does go through just to ensure we have all information um, needed in order to really get them up and running as soon and um, as quickly as possible. They then go through our onboarding process. Our onboarding process from this end is pretty short and to the point, honestly. It's three one-hour long calls. Um, We Mm -hmm. really wanna make sure we're going through the platform thoroughly, but we also don't want them to waste, you know, uh, three months of their time on it, Mm -hmm. right? So those three Mm -hmm. one-hour long calls um, usually take an average of one call a week, but for some customers, they wanna do that sooner. And we love that. We wanna get them up and running as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. So we can really adjust that from this end. And then really after onboarding, they are in the adoption phase for the majority of their contract. That's just the way that our company is currently lined up. During adoption, Mm -hmm. that's when we do quarterly Mm -hmm. business reviews. That's when we identify upsell or expansion opportunities. Um, Mm -hmm. That's when we have feedback calls to figure out what they like, what they don't Mm -hmm. like, what they'd like to see in product. Um, But we're all about adoption at this moment. We're just too young um, otherwise. And then when they near towards like, you know, uh, the nine month mark of their contract, all contracts are typically 12 months for the average customer. When they mm-hmm. near it, the nine month mark of the contract, that's when we start to have those renewal conversations. Um, those conversations, of course, come up organically throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really at the nine month marker where we really start to be, you know, more structured around those conversations.
1: Great, great, great. So uh, there is there's is so much that you know that can be applied when it's when it comes to high touch because you have dedicated resources. So you try to and you you always you know try to make sure it's always pitch perfect because you're trying to communicate and work hands on with your customers. So just on that, uh, do you think any external data would come handy, or you have already incorporated? Just like like uh, the CCO of AppsWire, uh, Ziv is uh, uh, the friend of mine. So now he actually. Uh, shared that we have an external data we integrated with Crunchbase. we get to know okay this up for our customers got acquired and got like any milestone hit or like raising funds and stuff so we try to get one touch point uh, if that customer lies at risk so that comes in a touch point and they try to engage with that customer and this and the cakes or from all over the world they have multiple stations and all so in your case do you think any sort of external data points, external data information can be any form uh, Mm -hmm. would come handy in your customer journey.
0: Yes, definitely. There's two that I definitely we monitor more than anything else. The first is, of course, if they raised a round of funding or got acquired. I mean, Mm -hmm. those are huge wins for our customers. Uh, We always Mm want to celebrate that with them when it occurs. And of course, on a customer success team, it could be a single that there are other people within their company than two that we might want to work for. So those are always great, you know, just for expansion Mm -hmm. opportunities, but also really, um, you know, celebrating that win on their end. The second external data a point that we definitely monitor is if someone left the company. That one mm-hmm. isn't as you know uh joyful necessarily of course like we're happy that they're growing their own career but it does you know cause us to be like okay like who's taking their place like you know do they need to be onboarded again we're always happy to onboard new team members but that's you know of course the different type of playbook at that point in terms mm-hmm. of really making sure that we know who our you know new champion within the company is going to be um, and how do we get them up and running and really grow that relationship so those are definitely the two that we pay the most attention to mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of other uh, CSMs can relate to that as well I think that's definitely probably the
1: universal one
0: yeah
1: Yeah, exactly exactly and and uh, and also that uh, let's say let's assume that uh, one of your team members uh, sorry one of your point of contacts from your customer just and you 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 kind of you're working hands-on so there's a huge scope of building relationship capital with those uh, with those individuals of course as it's always at the end of the day it's always going to be about people your customers, are people, your team members, your you know your seniors, you know your even your competitors and all. So and uh, that let's say Content Studio is your customer, and then a point of contact a deal has left and uh, taken another opportunity with Cartland or any other SaaS, but they definitely remember Stephanie and all the you know conversations yet and how she helped, and then you start like building relationship on top with with me. Sitting in, you know, cartland, and I endorse this because I have a relationship, uh, with 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 Stephanie. I have like I, had, she's tried to help me uh, to best, and she served us back in content studio. So that, how do you relate with that? Like because high touch model definitely serves that too, and it gives an expansion opportunity as well, and it's a lot easier than, uh, you know, other opportunities in the in the low touch model because it's directly human first approach.
0: Yeah, no, I absolutely love when that happens. That happens in two different situations. One is, you know, it's a very large company, 50 plus thousand people. And, you Mm -hmm. know, departments talk. And when they refer us to another department, I love having that conversation. Um, Mm -hmm. And then the other scenario where it can happen is, again, when someone leaves the company, but they go to a new company and they remember the great relationship they built. Mm -hmm. And in both of those, just the way that the company is set up right now here at Goldcast, we do bring sales into those conversations. So if mm-hmm. it is a new contract within the company or, you know, an entirely new company um, that we mm-hmm. refer to, I I love those introductions. And then I, I always hit up someone from sales. I'm like, hey. Mm-hmm. I know this person like can you join this call with me um because that's what our sales reps are so good at and that's like the stage mm-hmm. we're at right now where we do have to divide and conquer it doesn't necessarily fall under your seat oh, in those cases. and thinking
1: of you having 150 customers in a few months let's say yeah 80 uh, percent of them are enterprise i wish that <laughs> enterprise and then a lot of them, you know, of course, there's going to be a lot of people moving from different roles, different companies, and there is so much movement in, uh, in in this space, especially in the COVID days. So you get a data, like your CSM has a book of business of 10 customers, Enterprise, and he gets a data point that a deal has left, your point of contact with this has left and joined this company, which also can be your potential prospect. And you just need to uh, just with an action point, of course, any data that doesn't drive actions is, is waste. So mm-hmm. give an action point to your CSM and then you start building conversation with the deal. How do you seem like it's all data driven, like you get it on your yes. dashboard.
0: I mean, we don't have a tool like that right now for, for Goldcast Mm -hmm. at the moment, we, we watch LinkedIn notifications, or if we have Mm -hmm. a great relationship with that customer, they actually email us Mm -hmm. to let us know that they're leaving and tell Mm -hmm. us where they end up. And then when they do, Mm -hmm. you know, either officially post it on LinkedIn, or we catch that notification. Mm -hmm. um, That's usually when we reach out to them and we're like, Hey, like, Mm -hmm. you know, Excited that you're getting settled. How's it going? Would love to jump on a call in a couple of weeks, see how you're doing. But that's typically like the course of action. And it's definitely done in conjunction with sales at that point.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's that's right. That's and uh, that's very interesting as well. In terms like you are trying to build the same relationship uh, with, with with some individual in a different maybe it's going to be a different industry as well, different uh, kind of, uh, you know, segment of customer as well. It can be a B2B market, it can be a large-scale enterprise, it can be a very small startup. So that's really, really important for, uh, you know because i'm a people's guy and uh you know i care so much about you know having to con- you know connect with 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 individuals on a deeper level so that they remember you eternally wherever they go so and then everything falls in place uh for the and there's there is another thing as well like of course there are uh, do you have customers that lie in the same segment i'm sure you do have right let's say in the uh you can say in in the uh influencer space you got a lot of influencers using uh Using Goldcast. So, do you also have customer stories that you showcase uh, to uh, you know existing uh, customers for expansion, and also to the new uh, prospect that you think you know that can be influenced? you just go and pitch Gary Vee. Okay, you can use this uh, vendor at made Vendor Media. You can use Goldcast because a lot of other folks in the same industry using. So, do you have anything? Uh, Not it's not something that has to be automated at this point where you're at, but are you thinking about it?
0: Yeah, yeah. So we do a lot of different customer case studies. Um, We partner Mm -hmm. up with marketing for that. We also Mm -hmm. have our own um, biweekly webinar event. We call it Mm -hmm. CMO Diaries. But through Mm -hmm. that, we also feature a lot of our customers as well um, and really kind of, you know, give them space to share their own expertise um, and really how they build their event strategy um, to date. Mm -hmm. So there are quite a few ways that we do highlight um, and really promote our own customer base for sure.
1: Wonderful. Wonderful. And also you, you mentioned that you're using a dedicated CS uh, tool like Catalyst, yes. and lots of them like white, white leaf Catalyst. I'm not being so specific on the tool. So as, 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 as a leading uh, the CS team, as somebody that needs like on dashboard like indicators, like all these stats, all the metrics on the, on the team level and on, of course, the health level and revenue coverage and all, what kind of steps as you uh, leading the CS team at Goldcast, would you look the best, like you, that will answer all your questions. Yeah, yeah,
0: definitely. So, there are two different types of boards that I look at every single day through that tool. Mm-hmm. The first mm-hmm. is what are our upcoming renewals? Like, what are the statuses mm-hmm. of those contracts? You know, um, for us, our fiscal year starts in February. So, we're currently mm-hmm. doing Q1, but I'm already looking ahead to Q2. I have a call set up with our CEO um, and COO on a tomorrow, Friday, <laughs> to really go through, um, you know, how those are doing. Um, and to really review those those stats and action items across all team members. And the other mm. view I also look at is customer health, you know, who mm. is happy, who's not happy, if they're not happy, why, if they're not happy, but not unhappy, and in that in between <laughs> territory, Honestly, (laughs) I I think I speak for the whole CS like world at this point, like that's Mm -hmm. kind of the worst. We just want them to be really happy. So a lot of it's also around like, how do we make them like love us? Like, you know, what other value can we provide our customers with is the big question. So those are the two things that I'm always looking at. That's the whole
1: point. You know, that's the whole point of starting this podcast because we are just building, uh, you know, we are trying to navigate the gaps where data can, of course, humans are always going to be there. You know, uh, it's always gonna be intervention for CSMs. You can never mitigate that. But how data can help that and assist humans to act smartly and forecast things ahead of time. A lot of people they've come up and say, okay, this data, this was not present Even CSMs. We talk to CSMs as well. And they say, okay, we couldn't have a piece of information ahead of time, which could have led us to build a meaningful conversation just that, Instead of just checking and you know tabbing on on your customers, seeking okay, what's the reason why it's uh, why is, it, is the health score is not showing up to mark and it's it's at risk because there are some uncertain, unprecedented things come in the customer journey where you need data where you need people that can tell okay that there can be product team that can be a sales team. So how will you incorporate these scenarios uh, when you think that okay, uh, apart from the fact that we can definitely check on the customer and we are working hands-on, we should have something in place where we can navigate how potentially that customer is using our platform. number one, how more uh, how likely is that customer to renew and then we'll talk about expansion and all and referrals and everything. How do you think that that comes in place in the form of data, in the form of technology? Oh man. <laughs> at gold cost. Yeah, of course, everybody yeah. in this segment, Salesforce, Mixpanel, uh, you know, CRMs like HubSpot, you have automated sequences, you have trainings automated, all automated. Then I'm just talking about these scenarios when you're uncertain as a CSM.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's a really great question. Um, for us, like there are certain data points that do show us a customer isn't doing well, um, health wise, mm-hmm. like, and that would be if they haven't started a new event in 60 days, or if they haven't responded to emails, and honestly, like two weeks, it's kind of a, mm-hmm. a warning sign for me, I will say as our company has been growing the past 14 months, like we're still adjusting a lot of our playbooks, like I just don't have that science completely down it is a very um, this industry changes a lot the event industry changes a lot in terms of who is doing what and also when you know when conferences happen it used to be as we might remember mm-hmm. pre-covid mm-hmm. it was like mm-hmm. september october was conference season mm-hmm. But yeah. now that we have so many virtual options, I think it's mm-hmm. all year round, except for December. So mm-hmm. some of it is like honestly still adjusting, but data is such a crucial role in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, the customer journey and also to know mm-hmm. when to worry about potential churn mm-hmm. or what signals mm-hmm. like, hey, yeah. we should get them to do a customer um, review. So uh Yes, I know that's not like a very much, this is what we do because I feel like it's constantly evolving, but
1: yes, spot on. Definitely because when people share the stage with us, just leaders like you would have loads of experience and scenarios uh, under their belt. And uh, of course we are going to navigate the gaps. So there is something that you want to see a gap going forward. Like you think of Goldcast having 150 enterprise customers, you can share it openly, no worries. And also uh, this like data is is important. And then of course you have to have people that can intelligently understand it and uh, take action. So at this point of time, do you have any playbooks for Like, of course, I believe that there is no good playbook but there are certain standardized playbooks and in your industry, there are customers that are overlapping like influencers Mm -hmm. industry, like uh, people that are video marketers, like, uh, you know, they are vloggers. And all so, solo entrepreneurs as well. So I'm just talking about. Do you have any standardized playbooks, or uh, how do you? Oh yeah. I- mm-hmm.
0: Oh yes, okay. we definitely do. We store them all in Catalyst, but we have different playbooks for what we do if it's their first event versus what do we do if it's their, you know, fifteenth event. They're both very different. Mm-hmm. We also have playbooks on what to do if a client ghosts you and you haven't heard from them in, you know, a couple <laughs> of weeks. Um, we have playbooks to, you know, hey, it's three months up, you know, out from their their contract coming up for renewal. How do we how do we re- mm-hmm. renew that? Um, <laughs> I might overplay bucket it if that's possible, but mm-hmm. I really just want to make sure all scenarios are really taken into account because the mm-hmm. customer success uh, manager, like they really have to focus on building that relationship. So the more we can mm-hmm. really automate that process, tell them what to work for, look for mm-hmm. in order mm-hmm. to um, get the customer through that journey. It just mm-hmm. helps us work faster and more efficiently. Exactly. And then we always have, you know, weekly team calls um, on the CSN just to go through like how our customers doing. And I have um, regular monthly one-on-ones with the team as well to hear their thoughts. Um, you know, really mm-hmm. cart launch. Mm-hmm. Like, I need to know. Like, is this really, working? Really... Is it not mm-hmm. working? Like, what do we have to adjust? Um, it's going to yeah. constantly evolve. It will never be perfect.
1: <laughs> understandable. Understandable. So how many customers altogether do you have? Like that are paying customers?
0: Yeah. Yeah. We have actually, I think it's about ninety. 90- six now as of this week um yeah so definitely growing a lot you have to figure when I joined mm-hmm. in January of 2021 we had four so okay. <laughs> so it's got. been growing a lot along the way and we actually just really scaled up our sales uh department as well I think there's 12 people on our sales side too um mm-hmm. so we are on track to probably okay, at so least five you that number measuring- this year.
1: Yeah, are you measuring your success metrics on a quarterly basis? Because it's just been uh, a few uh, years and few months you've gotten- Yeah, into- yeah.
0: Um, so I look at a couple different metrics right now. I do look at quarterly, but I also do look at- um, I'm looking, I'm starting to like kind of lay the groundwork as well for looking at year Mm -hmm. over year, since we just passed Mm -hmm. our first year mark. Mm -hmm. Um, But to date, yes, like, you know, we're going into Q1. It's like our first renewal cycle. So Mm -hmm. the only option we really have at the moment is quarterly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's great. That's you. That's why I asked about quarterly. Okay, wonderful. So, uh, you know, you know, uh, being there and done that, you you know that, okay, segmentation is, is so vital you know, the better you can segment your customers, the more efficiently you can communicate and serve them and, you know, get them closer to, you know, retention and all the high level KPIs for the customer success team. So what is your, tell us more about your segmentation. Do you segment it based on product usage, uh, revenue coverage? You know, there's different models that uh, SaaS business is using in the industry.
0: Like in terms of who owns which account? or No, I'm, I'm
1: talking about how does your CSM or you, uh segment your customer when it lands on your. On your oh
0: system. at the moment um it would be according to contract size and location mm-hmm. at the moment um those two factors really take sorry, uh, location yes so we we care about location solely mm-hmm. for like you know which csm to pass them off to we have people mm-hmm. um west coast east coast on our team so if they're based mm-hmm. in europe it's east coast if they're based in um what is it like uh, Israel? It's like West Coast or something. I think I just did my geographies backwards, but you get it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we care about deal size because that also shows us like, hey, based on like this contract size, let's look at the company size as well, match it up because that will really help us understand um, the expansion Mm -hmm. potential there. And then of course, like we have the pass off call with sales but all Mm -hmm. that plays a role in figuring it out. Yeah.
1: That makes sense. That definitely makes sense. Okay. Okay. So you everything nailed down as 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 far as where you guys are at, and you know, of course, you gotta evolve with the passage of time. And you know, the more uh, you know, when you, when you talk about data in the high touch, it's not easy to incorporate, especially at this level. Uh, you will experiment, and that takes investment, and people don't prefer at this stage. Uh, even I have a SaaS, and I won't prefer as as this moment. I'll just focus more on shaping my product to the best level and then we'll have the funds and everything to, to play around with that. So uh, when it comes to like, this is a very big question and this will showcase that how do you think that it should, uh, it, it, people should like CS leaders should place uh, data into their operations like how they can be more digital. So now what do you think like, how do you think that you can mitigate with the help of data in a SaaS, just It can be an opinionated because you don't have, uh, at this point with Goldcast, you might not have experienced, but it can be opinionated because you, you are a CS leader yourself. So customer ghosting is, is one of the biggest problem. Ghosting is not in a way that uh, your customer or point of content is not responding, but they are like data is telling something and they're doing the otherwise. So uh, how do you mitigate it? How do, what is your opinion on that?
0: yeah customer ghosting it can be a little bit tricky because people ghost you for different reasons you know Mm -hmm. one reason is they bought the contract and then they just don't ever end up using you and you're really confused Mm -hmm. as to why Mm -hmm. unfortunately in that use case like you can go and try to pursue them rebrand sales in but there's there's no data point at that point, you're just really confused <laughs> as to what's going on. Um, but the other way data can really, you know, play a role in customer ghosting is if you did have a good relationship um, for mm-hmm. the first few months, and then they disappear. And I do think data can tell you like more about what they're doing, whether it's, you know, there's been a shift at their company talking about those external signals earlier, it could be, mm-hmm. oh, like their company got acquired, or there is a layoff, or there's a new funding round. So they're probably trying to figure out what their next step is data plays a crucial role there it can also tell Mm -hmm. you like oh well you know based on our event calendar this past Mm year during July there was a lull in Mm -hmm. when events happened so it kind of makes sense why they didn't respond to us Mm -hmm. the past two months because there's probably nothing happening so Mm -hmm. I think it's uh having a lot of data clusters around what's happening in the space um in Mm -hmm. terms of you know that space ebbs and flows, but trying to understand Mm -hmm. the average of what happens. Also the data Mm -hmm. factors within that company itself, and then compare them to your data set based on how other customers are interacting. Um, There's a lot Mm -hmm. you can dig into. As you mentioned, Mm -hmm. early stage, it's really difficult Mm -hmm. to take it all into account, but Mm -hmm. I hope sometime soon we can get there.
1: 100%, I mean, you're heading in the right direction and uh, everybody knows what to do and everybody knows what's right. So it's just about time, it's just about time. So now having a dedicated customer success tool. Uh, let's talk about it. Uh, it's, I think it's Catalyst you mentioned? Yes. Okay, Catalyst. So what is something really, really important for you to set up on a daily basis? What is something that you need to, uh, has as, as, a, as somebody that is leading and making some high-level decisions on, on CS for customers, uh, you need to do on maybe weekly or monthly basis?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of updating Catalyst, I'm fortunate mm. enough where my director of customer success, Sai, she is a ninja with that tool. So mm. she's actually the go-to person for updating all things Catalyst. I think the Catalyst team like loves her, honestly. She talks to them on a weekly basis. We have a, a great relationship with them. Um, but in terms of updating, a lot of it is because we are in the beginning stages, her and I have been chatting a lot about customer health and really kind Mm -hmm. of evaluating the signals that we initially chose for customer health and comparing it to how it's panning out now. So our Mm -hmm. biggest, uh, I guess, kind of data, not issue, but thing we're trying to figure out, you know, we initially created a customer health like back in June Mm -hmm. and we're like, okay, these points will tell us if they're, you know, in poor customer Mm -hmm. or, you know, excellent customer health. But then some of like the data points now just don't match up because we're like, Mm -hmm. well, they're very healthy. So why is it saying Mm -hmm. like, poor. And that isn't so much a tool issue as just kind of our assumptions from about eight months ago were incorrect. So a lot of what we do now on, you know, I would say a quarterly basis is really evaluate like, okay, how are our customer healths doing based on how we think we're doing? Do these match up? Do we have to adjust it? Um, but that's really like the main focus that we're reevaluating now.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Great, great, great. So this is uh, something that, that I came to a point where, you know, I realized, okay, you cannot be married to one playbook, you cannot be married to uh, a set of data points that have worked for like some good good careers. You always need to look up for, uh, you know, updates, you need to evolve with your customer journeys. So the, the the goal that that customer shared with your sales rep on day one may evolve over time. So this is and of course it, it, everybody knows like your csm is uh you know consistently engaging with your customers mm-hmm. anyway but at the same time it is in, in just my opinion is important for your csm since he's closely working with uh, with with your customer to update in the any form like that can uh drive Uh, value down the road and, uh, you know, for the product team to analyze whether this customer is the best fit and also whether that customer needs something more out of this platform in order to, uh, you know, value realization and all Uh, that part and adoption part, especially in this uh, segment when customer lies, that's very confusing. Like most of the, like more than 30% of the customers, they actually give churn in the adoption stage, in the adoption stage. Uh, and some of the complex SaaS platforms, uh, they happen to suffer a lot with this. So where that that's where they need uh, the data. That's where they need mm-hmm. their product team to be 100% Integrated with the team, that the front runners, the customer success teams, uh, even sales team need to be very much integrated with the customer success team. While not only just one time hands off and stuff, but also consistently checking with uh, with the customer success team uh, and telling them, this is what they they told us. Are you are you okay? Are you still with us? Are you still evolving with their goals? This is what they told us in the first place. So yeah, that's 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 great. So I mean, just a magic wand question uh like low engagement is always uh you know it's always a pain it's always a pain for sales customer supports uh and even product teams the engagement so how do you think like if you have a magic wand what is that one thing or touch point do you think you should have to leverage to mitigate this uh low engagement factor whether it's the product usage whether it's a communication whether it's uh, you know, whether it's to support even, you, you worry a lot when, when sometimes customers don't even <laughs> drop a support ticket. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. For sure. I mean, it's definitely a team sport, as you just stated. I'm fortunate mm-hmm. enough where all of our departments talk a lot on the Goldcast side, just to really make sure we try to mitigate issues before they start. Um, but mm-hmm. I've, I had like a magic wand or a superpower. I'm not going to lie. It's not even data driven or platform driven. <laughs> it's literally, I just wish I had the superpower to sometimes read people's minds. You know, I would love <laughs> just to know what the customer's thinking before they tell us. I'm trying to, I'm trying to work on that scale <laughs> and
1: the next job the next job you will get is uh that will come from you know christopher nolan
0: <laughs> i know right <laughs> that would be superb um i am trying to be uh more proactive i think our team is coming a long way in mm-hmm. spotting issues before the customer tells mm-hmm. us and i'm very thankful for that but um mm-hmm. that would definitely you know mitigate mm-hmm. any type of uh questioning as to what's going on is if I could just Mm -hmm. read their mind Um, but getting better at it working on those skills (laughs)
1: wonderful wonderful okay it was real nice uh, catching up with you uh, Stephanie and I definitely hope we touch base soon with some more ideas some more topics because there is no monetary uh, interest we have with this podcast it's just about helping the community, giving it back in the best way possible before we go seven feet down one day. And that's the only thing that's going to leave behind is is how we made the impact. So I really appreciate that you played your part today and... uh, Number Next things that's going to happen and you expect to happen is uh, number one, we're going to uh, edit this all and make all the branding and put it on our LinkedIn page. Then we'll try to create a newsletter and we'll create a detailed blog that that can also have your credits and your recommendation that you spoke about today. Uh, And and we'll, we'll definitely make sure that you have a contribution to it based on all the conversation we have. That will also include some people like Emily's, like some of your network people from your network as well. Yeah. We'll try to, you know, connect you guys in a, in a in a in a blog form, in a digital form, and then we'll share it with uh, with you uh, over the email.
0: Yeah, no, that sounds great. Um, if you need anything else, tell me. Otherwise, once it's ready, I am excited to share it everywhere. So just let me know what else you need.
1: Thank you very much for your time today. I really, really appreciate it. And it was really an exciting conversation today. And you have yeah. been so generous.
0: Oh, well, I had a I had a lot of fun. You're great at this. So thank you. I appreciate it.
1: <laughs> you are so welcome. Have a wonderful day, Stephanie. I had a
0: sounds good. Bye. Bye.
1: Thank you so very much for staying with us on the episode. Please share your feedback at adil at hyperengage.io. We definitely need it. Uh, We will see you next time with another guest on the stage with some concrete tips on how to operate better as a customer success leader and how you can empower engagements with some building some meaningful relationships. We qualify people for the episode just to make sure we bring the value to the listeners. Do reach us out if you want to refer any CS leader. Until next time,